When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Happy New Year, everybody. It's the first week of the 2024 sports calendar, and even though football season may be over, and even though our bet of blue Gatorade at the Super Bowl dunking Andy Reid did not cash, we are still giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you head to Bet Online Sportsbook with the link in the description to this episode and use our promo code BLEAVE. Use that 50% welcome bonus to bet on basketball. Maybe you're into the pro, maybe you're into the college, maybe you're into Caitlin Clark setting the all-time scoring record in the history of college basketball. However you choose to bet, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. Bet Online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for stopping on into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network. Except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. And podcasts aren't live. It's the whole purpose of this podcasting thing. You can listen however and whenever it is that you so choose. And we appreciate that you have decided to stop in however and whenever it is that you may be choosing. Happy Monday, everybody. It's Monday, February 19th, according to my count. It may not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in however and whenever it is that you may be listening. We've got a great show planned for you today. we got a great week of shows coming up. Our, our friend Razor Rosenthal is expected to join us for our annual Kyle Looks at the Ken Palm Rankings for College Basketball for the first time live on the air. We've done that every year for the last three years now. Three year, the last three years is kind of when I've I've started mentally checking out on college basketball a little bit, or at least during uh, 
uh, up until March, which I know a lot of people do, and it's kind of a tired take and all that stuff, but I'm not big into the gambling space, and I know a lot of people who are really into regular season college basketball are in it for some of the gambling aspects to it. We don't know many of the players, and, and we'll just all get together and have fun in March with college basketball, including with our friend Razor Rosenthal. Like last year when I got to go watch Princeton beat Arizona live at the tournament, or a few years ago when we got to go watch that Jalen Suggs Final Four buzzer beater against UCLA. You know, moments like that that will live forever. We'll get to those once they get there. So we'll have that later this week. We're also going to have our friend Emil Fergoso join the show. We're going to talk... At a Super Bowl, we're going to talk 49ers firing Steve Wilkes. That's going to be a fun show, so look out for those. There's three episodes back last week that I think you guys will enjoy. We actually talked more about uh, Steve Wilkes as well last week. We also talked about the Kansas City mass shooting. We talked about the Andy Reid Super Bowl. Uh, we talked about we had our Super Bowl recap show. We talked about free agency. We did all sorts of podcast content over the last couple weeks that I think you guys will enjoy if you check it out. Uh, just go through our, our archive of 1,300 podcasts. See if you'll find something you like, although I would recommend not going all the way back to our 2020 podcast because, one, my voice sounds a whole lot less deep than it does right now, and, two, we were kind of, you know, figuring out the space. A lot of the takes don't age as gracefully, but if you listen to a lot of our podcasts now, a lot of them age much more gracefully than some of those original podcasts that we do. We kind of figured out that in the podcast space you want to do long-form conversational pieces that will last for a long time or just have fun talking the shit with your friends which is something that we do very frequently on this podcast so all sorts of fun episodes i know that kind of started off as like hey check out all this other stuff that we do on the show instead of today's show and i know that might undersell today's show but if you're listening to today's show it means you really want to hear about the three-point contest between steph curry and sabrina unescu because that's kind of what we we titled the episode, so you guys probably want to come here and listen to that. Because here's the deal with NBA All-Star Weekend. As is the case with every All-Star Weekend that sports concoct, they exist because television companies are willing to pay money to sell advertisements to put those events on the air. It would not really do much to impact the result of the sport or the players themselves if you removed the events altogether Therefore, it is a made-for-television event. If you remove the product, it does not compromise the integrity of the final result of the season. Therefore, it is an event that is it, it does not have to exist. And I've said this with the Pro Bowl for years in the NFL. It does not have to exist. What do we replace it with? How do we fix the Pro Bowl? We don't. We just get rid of it altogether. It's not really that important. You try and give meaning to things that don't actually have meaning, like baseball saying that the MLB All-Star Game for years would decide home field advantage in the World Series to try and give it some sort of meaning, which in hindsight was very silly and very dumb, but when it was first introduced as a concept when I was first getting interested in baseball, I was like, yes, this is the greatest idea ever. How could other sports leagues not add stakes to the All-Star Game? And then as I got older, I realized just how idiotic of a concept it was that baseball had home field advantage determined by the all-star game because the all-star game is an exhibition and an exhibition having stakes to it is supposed to make it more interesting but it doesn't actually improve the motivation level or improve the product level especially in baseball where it's kind of hard to fake it in the way that people complain about the pro bowl or the nba all-star game 
Uh, but the NBA All-Star Game, I have just uh, come to the terms, you know, people are like, they don't play any defense. It's not real competition. No, that's not what the All-Star Game is for. The All-Star Game is to watch a bunch of star players throw up lobs and shoot half-court shots, okay? And usually, after about two quarters of it, I'm kind of like, okay, I've got my fill of NBA players doing incredible dunks, alley-ooping to each other, pulling up from half-court. Usually about halfway through, I've checked out. And then, you know, like last year, Damian Lillard will pull up from half court on three consecutive shots to end the game and it's like oh that was so cool oh my gosh look at that so like yeah there there will be moments that lure me in but for the most part the NBA all-star game is your chance to watch your favorite NBA player do alley-oop dunks and shoot half court shots it's fine that that's what the concept is I know people kind of complain about the NBA all-star game every year and something needs to change and then they change something and then people think it's cool and then two years later they think it's boring and then they change the format every three years and it's kind of a rotating cycle every three years with the NBA it's like they create a new format that everyone likes then people get bored of it then they add new jerseys then the NBA fans complain that the all-star game is broken and then the NBA changes it and then they think the change is cool and now everything goes back to the way it was in the same four-year cycle just trick people enough to tune in just get enough people tuning in to make it worth continuing to sell to Turner so that they can shove Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley on a studio set for a two and a half hour pregame show before both the all-star Saturday night and the Sunday game itself now what does all of this have to do with Steph Curry and Sabrina Ionescu? Here is what I will tell you. The all-star Saturday night in the NBA, where they do the the skills challenge mostly with rookies, they do the three-point contest, they do the dunk contest. The all-star Saturday night in the NBA is better than anything the NFL puts forth for the Pro Bowl. Any contest, any game, any flag football... Even dodgeball played with NFL players. The All-Star Saturday night is more engaging than anything else that these sports have. And it's also not as good as the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby, in my opinion, but a lot of people don't care about baseball, so for the people who don't care about baseball, it becomes the gold standard for All-Star event in any sport every single year. This year was not very interesting. Damian Lillard won the three-point contest. Yes, Damian Lillard is very good at shooting three-pointers. Nobody had a record-setting score. It was one that I went in planning to skip and probably could have skipped again. I was kind of half-watching that, half-watching that show on Peacock called The Traders, which is basically just Among Us played with real human beings. And in the dunk contest, Mac McClung, the G-leaguer who they keep bringing out for this as this generation's greatest professional dunker... Mac McClung won the dunk contest for a second year in a row and from my vantage point did not have a dunk that lasted on Twitter longer than about 12 hours, which means this was one of the four every five years dunk contests that was boring. There's one thing that I have said pretty consistently for the last like 15 years in the NBA is that The dunk contest is the most hit-or-miss competition you're going to find. It is either going to be the same contest every year, or one out of every five years you're going to get the most insane battle of dunkers that anyone has ever seen. 2015, Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine. 
2021 no 2020 Derek Jones Jr. versus uh, Aaron Gordon when Dwayne Wade gave the Miami Heat guy the win despite the fact that him and Aaron Gordon went to like two rounds of dunk offs because they both just had incredible dunks uh, the Nate Robinson one, you know, you can go back to older dunk contests and all that stuff. But every every five years, you're going to get a dunk contest that's worth a damn. This year, not that dunk contest that was worth a damn. Because the only clip I see going around on Twitter is Jalen Brown trying to dunk a basketball and having it fail spectacularly. And then people putting the, the sound effect from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air behind him failing to dunk a ball that was lobbed by Jason Tatum. None of the actual dunks seem to have stood the test of time in the dunk contest. So I'm going to go under the assumption it was a boring dunk contest. And since, you know, once every five years the dunk contest is worth a damn, I've decided I'm just going to watch it later on YouTube. <laughs> if it's if people are tweeting about greatest dunk contest ever or best dunk contest in 10 years, you can probably just watch the clips on YouTube later. I say all of that to say, me watching the clips on YouTube later is not good for NBA ratings, and me deciding that the three-point contest was not going to be worth a damn, not great for NBA ratings. But you know what I did decide was worth a damn? Steph Curry versus Sabrina Unescu doing a three-point shootout. And it took 12 minutes to get there, but we finally made it to Steph Curry versus Sabrina Unescu, the thing that I wanted to talk about on today's show. Steph Curry versus Sabrina Unescu was a NBA WNBA challenge that they did at the three-point contest as a way to spice things up during the All-Star weekend. Just give people something new that will increase the ratings. And this is the same thing I talked about with the NBA All-Star game. It's how can we come up with creative ways to convince people to watch the televised ads that are broadcast so that Turner will continue to pay $50 million for the All-Star Weekend. I don't actually know if that's what they pay. I just know that ESPN pays $50 million for the rights to broadcast the Pro Bowl, and I'm not watching the Pro Bowl, but I'll usually watch part of the All-Star Saturday weekend. So I assume it's about the same dollar figure to for Turner to buy the rights to the NBA All-Star Weekend. But they just got to come up with different ways to convince people to watch this game. And the thing that I'll give the NBA credit for is that they have a product that translates relatively well into the All-Star format. Like, the reason that I don't watch the NFL Pro Bowl All-Star competitions at all is just that it's not really interesting. (laughs) And there's no way to make it interesting for me. There's no way to make exhibition football interesting, especially when I've just spent 18 consecutive Sundays gorging myself on football and I just want a goddamn break for one weekend of the year where I don't have to think about fucking football. But basketball, it's got something that is actually interesting. Like the three-point shootout can be formulaic and it's usually, oh, this guy's got to hit three of his last five shots on the money ball rack and, you know, maybe he'll hit three, maybe he'll hit two, but at least there's that excitement at the end every time that, you know, when I haven't seen it for 365 days can make me feel like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. Like they have a good formula with that, but it is a bit formulaic. Like I said, the dunk contest only delivers once every five years. So what they did this year to spice things up was create an NBA versus WNBA three-point challenge. And I think some of this was at the behest of Steph Curry, because one of the things that I know the NBA players specifically for years this generation has been trying to push forward is eyes on the W. And it's not that's not what they call the movement or anything like that, but players for years have gone out of their way to try 
and put an emphasis on what is happening in the WNBA. And we've talked about this before, whether it was talking about Brianna Stewart and the labor battles in the WNBA, Brittany Griner and everything that happened last year, Rico Gumbawale, the Aces versus Liberty rivalry, uh, some of the collective bargaining structures in the W that make it so uh, Caitlin Clark is going to go to the and, and the WNBA next year and play with Aaliyah Boston on the Indiana Fever, which, by the way, super stoked about that. Super stoked to have the two bit best college basketball players from last year's tournament play on the same team in the W. That's going to be awesome. Caitlin Clark versus Aaliyah, uh, or sorry, Caitlin Clark and Aaliyah Boston playing on the same team is going to be awesome, but Caitlin Clark is going to make five figures on her rookie contract in the W. She's going to make 75 grand on her rookie contract in the W. And so we've talked about some of this stuff before and how television ratings will lead to higher revenue for the the league and the players won't see a very significant portion of it because the revenue sharing in the W is only like 12%, I believe, or it's somewhere between 12 and 20% as compared to close to 51-49 revenue sharing between the NBA and the NBA Players Association. The WNBA Players Association is like 300% less than what the male collective bargaining agreement is. So even if more people tune into women's basketball, they're still not going to see equal shares of profits because of how the collective bargaining agreement is structured in the WNBA because the WNBA players don't have as much leverage as the NBA Players Association or a strong enough union to contest that. But despite that fact, they want to get eyeballs on that sport because the women in that sport are putting together a product that can be equally as entertaining as the NBA in the off seasons of the NBA, if people are willing to invest in the stakes and storylines of the W, which I've gotten into over the last two years, investing in the stakes and storylines, watching the WNBA finals. It sucks that the WNBA finals is right in the middle of World Series baseball plus the NBA plus the NFL, because I wanted to do a specific WNBA finals podcast this last year. Just didn't have the time to do it because there's just so many sports going on at the exact same time in the middle of the W finals. And and that's one of the things that is super, super infuriating, but also during the summer, it's a fun sport to watch. Check out the WNBA. It match, it aligns with the off season of the NBA. And that's kind of the message that they were shooting for by letting WNBA players borrow their platform. And I don't want to phrase it like, oh, they're letting them do it out of pity. It's not doing it like they're letting them join the game in essence like that. The WNBA has their own weekend. More viral than anything I saw in the dunk contest was Sabrina Ionescu last year hitting 25 out of 26 consecutive shots in the three-point shootout, which is part of the inspiration for why Steph wanted to invite Sabrina to do this contest. But it was it was essentially this idea of like we can create interest in the All Star Weekend and invite we can we can create something new and that's ultimately what the NBA is trying to accomplish with this All Star Weekend is just can we create something new to keep people engaged and justify the selling price to Turner for this made for television event that Turner is then going to turn around and sell advertisements for and also again in order to make back their money on what they're paying for the All Star Weekend create two and a half hours of pregame before All-Star Saturday night and two and a half hours of pregame before the NBA All-Star game itself because they just need the airtime in order to sell advertisements to justify the price that they are paying for the NBA All-Star weekend. I say all of that to say 
It was an awesome idea to have the W get involved in the NBA All-Star Game because ultimately the idea there is that the platform that the NBA has, however made for television or small it might small time operation it might be, the NBA can still and and specifically the players leading the movement, the players and the NBA can still give their platform to the W for even just this small event that was the most popular of the evening. And I know when most people talk about women's college basketball this year, it's to talk about how awesome Caitlin Clark is. And I know when people talk about the W, it's to talk about moments like this. But you know what? It's a damn stepping stone. Because not everyone is super into the W like fans of the league are. Or people who are basketball nerds who like watching the W in the offseason of the NBA. You're not going to have everyone be there. So starting off by lending the platform and creating the three-point competition between Steph and Sabrina was a really fun idea and something that was really cool. And I'm glad that the discourse around it from what I've understood so far is not about Steph beating Sabrina in the three-point contest because that wasn't the purpose of the contest. I think Sabrina was a plus 200 underdog going into the contest and Steph was minus 170 or whatever it was. But it was ne- it, the, the competition was never about can Sabrina beat Steph. The competition was about WNBA's platform. I'm sorry, the NBA's platform being shared with the W in a way that Steph Curry I presume was leading the charge on because he he doesn't need to do the three-point contest anymore and for many years has said he's not going to do the three-point contest anymore. He's won it a number of times before. He already holds the record for most three-pointers ever made. It it's like star players going to do the home run derby. Like you have very little to gain from doing it except for having fun. And for Steph, it becomes less fun when you're doing the same thing you've done for years and have shown to, he, he has nothing to gain from proving that he is the best player, the best shooter in the history of the NBA. Everyone agrees he's the best shooter in the history of the NBA. He's won the three-point contest before. It's been him versus Clay in the three-point contest before. There's not much to gain from that if you're Steph Curry. I think he did it when it was in Charlotte just because it was his hometown. But this was a great way to get Steph engaged in the, in the three-point contest. And Steph has the foresight, and I don't want to give him too much credit for this because it makes it seem like, look at Steph Curry being the savior complex for women's sports. It's it's not that, but it's Steph saying, I will get engaged with your All-Star Weekend. NBA, I will help you sell this made-for-television product. Turner, I will help you justify the price of your All-Star, you know, the, the $50 million you're paying for the All-Star Weekend. I will help you justify that price and bring in eyeballs in exchange for sharing that platform with the WNBA and sharing that platform with Sabrina Ionescu. Because I guarantee you there were there were people last night, basketball fans, and I guess more specifically I should say open-minded basketball fans, because some people are just at the threshold of like, I'm not going to watch the W, why would I care about that during the summer? There's going to be that threshold. There are open-minded basketball fans closer to the threshold of will I entertain myself with watching women's... I like the NBA, but I don't watch the WNBA. There's, There's some sort of disconnect, and obviously the WNBA has some 
market clientele that are watching specifically the W and not the NBA, but presumably there is a market of basketball fans who overwhelmingly watch the NBA because of brand recognition, 50 years of stakes and storylines that have been able to invest in. There are people who watch the NBA who don't presumably watch the W, and there are open-minded basketball fans who are watching this All-Star Weekend who learned for the first time Sabrina Unescu hit 25 shots in 26 attempts during the WNBA three-point contest. And maybe they knew the name of Sabrina Unescu because they're more familiar with college basketball, which goes on around the same time. The College March Madness is a bigger deal, and they may remember that Sabrina Unescu name because... Sabrina Ionescu was the previous record holder for three-pointers and triple-doubles in college when she was out there cooking in the Nike shoe factory that is University of Oregon basketball. And when Sabrina was out there cooking five years ago in, in college basketball, Sabrina had that name recognition that you see Caitlin Clark getting right now, probably on a larger level for Caitlin Clark just because women's college basketball has grown in just the last four or five years since Sabrina was there. But Caitlin Clark out here breaking all-time records, being front-of-the-line topics on daytime sports talk programming in the same way that Sabrina Unescu was getting that kind of attention and love for breaking triple-double records and hitting half-court three-pointers five years ago. And now five years later, she's the second-best player on the second-best team in the W, is a perennial all-star, and Sabrina's out here hitting 25 three-pointers in 26 attempts in the three-point contest. She's reached that level of stardom that... When it comes to the three-point contest and and shooting the basketball, she has she has now jumped into the the she has gone from being a phenom to a phenomenon, and that phenomenon is now being shared on the platform with the NBA with Steph Curry, who again only does this contest if he can share the platform with Sabrina Unescu. Someone who otherwise would not have gotten that platform on NBA All-Star Weekend. And that's what I think was super awesome about creating that idea, is that the NBA is going to have to come up with new ways to keep people engaged in this contest in a way that the NFL ignored for many, many years. The NFL wasn't going to change the product, wasn't going to make something engaging, and then people stopped tuning into the Pro Bowl altogether because they realized it was stupid and you can't make it engaging. So they tried to change the pro the, the flag football format. They tried to create their own all-star Saturday night that has not caught on in the, in the same way with their larger, like in terms of percentage of fan base, it has not caught on the same way that all-star Saturday night is more a fixture of the NBA's all-star format. But I say all of that to say the NBA has been very good at recognizing they have a product that is relatively engaging. And if they keep changing it bit by bit, you're going to get people to come back. Cause the thing that the dunk contest is doing for them is like the dunk contest. Every five years gives them one moment and one Epic contest that wins the weekend. They will give you one dunk contest every five years that wins the weekend. And they'll change the all-star game format to the Elam ending. They'll change it from, um, West versus East to captains of teams that are voting for the all that, that pick the all-stars and then they'll do the all-star voting live. And then people will think, Oh, that's kind of cool that they're picking the teams live on stage. And then this year they're going back to East versus West. 
because that's different. They just got to change the format every year. They just got to do something to spice it up every year. Even if it's not that spicy, it's just something that'll get a handful of other people in there to justify Turner putting together 12 hours of coverage within a 35, no, a 32 hour span. They're going to be on the air for 12 hours out of 32, trying to sell as many advertisements as they can to justify the price of that all-star, um, the, the price of they're paying $50 million or whatever it is for that all-star weekend. And I thought it was cool that after all the years of trying to come up with new spicy ways to keep people engaged with all-star weekend, from adding a three point, adding a uh, an extra shot on the three point contest, or you know a dunk contest that's this epic battle between Aaron Gordon and Derek Jones Jr., or going to the Elam ending in the All Star game, or doing team captains for the All Star game, and then doing team captains live during the show, so it feels like a pickup basketball game live in the middle of All Star weekend, going from. All of these different ideas and ways to keep people engaged, they found an idea that not only would bring attention to the All-Star Weekend in a way that otherwise I would have checked out altogether, and I'm sure a bunch of other people would have checked out on the All-Star Saturday night altogether, not only did they come up with something new and engaging for the All-Star Weekend, they did it by sharing a platform with the W. And sharing a platform with the W is awesome Because that's something that they had never done in the 20 years that they had been doing these all-star weekends is coming up with the idea of like, hey, we can draw, we can, we can gauge attention to the W and share that platform with them and also bring in and engage basketball fans who are already tuned into the NBA and we're kind of on the table about watching all-star weekend altogether. It's a great idea, a great, great idea for the NBA to to come up with and you know I don't want to give too many props to Steph Curry because it makes it seem like oh look at this man being so generous as to lend his platform to the women I don't want to make it sound like that but after all the years of players going out of their way to support the W and showing public you know showing up to games wearing jerseys shouting out W players when they're doing awesome things on the court during the finals for after all the years of talk and showing that they're supporting, they they went out of their way to lend the platform to, to I'm sorry, not lend to share the platform with the W during this All Star Saturday night. I thought it was an awesome idea. Maybe they bring it back next year. I saw some people were like, "Oh, what if we get Sabrina and Caitlin Clark in the three point contest against Steph and Clay or Steph and Dame or whatever it is?" Like people are there are people who are engaged in this idea. They thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. And it was only like five minutes long, like this entire buildup that the NBA had been shooting for ended up in five minutes of competition. And in those five minutes of competition, it got people super engaged. I know I was super engaged, so much so that I wanted to hop on this Here Fine podcast and talk to you guys about it on the Monday after the All-Star Weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. We have episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday We have content coming at you periodically on weekends. It's called Wired Up. Stay on the lookout for those on this very same podcasting feed. If you want any and all breakdowns of the show, basketball, football, baseball, anything your heart desires, just keep on scrolling through this podcast feed. I'm sure you'll find something that you find engaging and interesting. In addition to this engaging and interesting podcast that you guys have all listened to over the last half an hour. Thanks for stopping in, everybody. We so appreciate you 
joining us once again. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. And in the meantime, take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.